was recently listening to a talk where this speaker used a great line where he said that God is in the heart, but grandpa is in the bones. And I think that just sums up so much of the battle that lies before us in the spiritual life. In the previous episode, I spoke about how we need to allow God to love us in our brokenness. The key part of that is that we need to become more aware of what our brokenness actually is. We spend so much time trying to make ourselves look good for the rest of the world that sometimes we can easily then believe the lie that we're telling everybody else. And we are convinced that we're actually pretty good. But this idea that we we carry within our heart the message of God's love, but deep within our bones we carry a very different message which we've inherited from our families. You know, as that saying says, you know, grandpa is in the bones. And that can speak of so many different things. There are, there are cultural elements there which we've absorbed from our families, ways of seeing other people, ways of seeing the world, ways of judging people, assuming what is right and wrong. And because of what we've absorbed from our families, that goes so much deeper than where the gospel has got to in our lives. You know, if you imagine like some sort of colored dye trying to soak into a material, the gospel is only soaked into the, the, the very first layer of what is there. It is barely penetrated deep enough to impact those things that we've inherited right from our earliest days of our life. The culture we live in, the, the whole ideas that we absorb from those who are around us. And so there is a, a sense of a, a worldview, almost like a cultural sin that needs to be converted, needs to be deeply challenged by the gospel. And this is why the early church fathers, the earliest theologians of the church said that we need to be reading the scriptures every day. I think sadly, as a Catholic church, we have got a terrible relationship with the Bible. You know, we, we trust the summary of what's been given to us from what we hear in homilies or what we were taught at school, but we have no real relationship with the word. Whereas when you go back to the early church fathers, they, they spoke about the fact that, that we need to allow the scriptures to impact the very depths of who we are. They use that image of dying material and that every day you've just got to soak the material again and squeeze it out until every bit of that color absorbs into the deepest fibers of the fabric. We need to allow the word of God, the love of God, to be pressed deep into the heart of who we are. There's another side to this, which is almost that generational brokenness that we inherit from our families. That family of origin influences us so greatly. The ways that your grandparents experience love, 
had a direct impact on the way your parents experienced love, and that had a direct impact on you, on your heart and its ability to receive. All the fears, all the insecurities, if you were to sit down with your family members and listen to their story, I guarantee that you would be able to trace your own fears and insecurities back at least three, maybe four generations. We inherit this sickness from each other. And the question is whether we want our own children to inherit this from us. Or do we allow the gospel to heal it? At what point does this unbroken chain of mess and sin and hurt that's been passed down from generation to generation, at what point does that get healed? This, I think, is where the call of holiness becomes exciting because you are able to change history. Particularly if, if you are a parent of children, if you allow yourself to be deeply transformed by the gospel, you will change the next three generations. You are currently working so hard to make sure that your children have a good inheritance so that they get a good education, a good upbringing. The greatest gift you can give them is by dealing with your own mess, by allowing the love of God to penetrate into those areas where you're hurting them without even knowing it. The reason why we don't do this is because it, it hurts. It is seriously painful. It is so hard to have to deal with this stuff. Now, I, I apologize if I've already mentioned this story. I, I know that I've already repeated a number of stories through these podcasts. But the, the best image I ever had of this was many years ago when I was at a, a church in Melbourne. And halfway through the mass, this old man looked like he was having a heart attack. He, his face went red. He was breathing fast. He looked in enormous pain and gripping his hands because he was in such torment. And people around the church were reaching for their mobile phones about to call an ambulance. But the only thing that made them hesitate was the fact that this guy's wife was sitting next to him, completely oblivious, listening to the homily as though nothing was going on. A few minutes later, he calmed down and he was okay again. And we went up to him and asked him whether he was okay at the end of the Mass. And he said, we explained the story that during the Second World War, he had been fighting in the army and a piece of shrapnel had gone into his knee. And here he was, 60, 70 years later, and he still had this piece of metal inside of his knee. And most of the time it was fine. It didn't bother him. But occasionally it would touch a nerve and he would be in extraordinary pain. Now his wife had seen this so often, he was completely, she, she was used to it. But what fascinated me was that for so long, this man had his life, his whole life, restricted by this wound. 
he had the choice so many years ago to go through surgery and maybe he would have not been able to walk for six months or maybe for a year if it was really bad. But he chose instead to put up with it. And so for the next 60, 70 years, his whole life was restricted. And I found myself questioning, you know, was he able to dance with his wife? Was he able to kneel on the ground and play with his children? Was he ever able to run and have fun with his kids? And I think that is the image of what our brokenness does to us. In so many ways, we are restricted from being fully alive, from being fully human. And we can end up hurting other people, either directly because of our reactions, our anger, our impatience, or indirectly because we simply find it difficult to love. These are things that we've inherited. We didn't really have much choice over them. Sometimes we got hit by those explosions when we were so young we didn't understand what was going on. But the question is whether we're prepared to go through the surgery and allow God to cut those things out of us. Or are we going to just try and get by and live life without causing too much damage? This, I think, is the real dilemma of conversion. You know, conversion is not just about believing in God, it's about being transformed by God. But do we have the time? Do we have the energy? Do we have people around us who are prepared to put up with us being a mess for six months while we deal with this junk? And this, I think, is where you know, conversion becomes a communal problem sometimes. You know, where we sometimes need to talk to our family members and say, I, I need a year to go and deal with my family of origin stuff. And during that time, I'm probably going to be an absolute mess and I won't really be able to function very well. But hopefully the person who comes out on the other side is going to be fully alive. That, I think, is the dilemma we face. Now, whether that is simply brokenness that we inherit, or whether that is sinful attitudes, sinful behaviours that we've absorbed from our culture, are we prepared to allow God to cut that out of us? To do that deep, deep work of conversion and healing so that we can be really and truly be fully alive?